Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. My name is Garland. I'm one of the pastors. Welcome. Thanks for sharing part of your holiday weekend with us. So glad you're here. And uh, if you got your Bibles, I want to ask you to open your Bible. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. Pull your phone out, iPad. We have an app. You can use that. You can download it if you have it. But uh, in there, you'll find notes where you can follow along. And uh, for those that are watching online, welcome. So glad that you're with us today as well. And uh, you'll find everything you need online there as well, and even a host that'll help you with it. And uh, so we're glad that you're all with us today at the local church. Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you sleep well? All right? I mean, you go to bed at night, and you sleep all night. You wake up. You're fully rested. Raise your hand up high. Okay? All right? Now, let's ask another question. How many of you struggle sleeping? Oh, there you are. Okay. Wow, same thing in the first service, okay? Wow, that's amazing. Now, I don't want you to answer this next question out loud, but I want you to think about it, okay? What is it that keeps you up at night? What are the things that keep you up at night that makes it hard for you to sleep? You know, we have to think about those things, right? And if you don't, you're going to tonight probably, right? But it's just a reality. Well, according to sleephealth.org, in America, 70% of adults report that they obtain insufficient sleep at least one night a month. I would take that. I would take only one night a month. It says 11% report insufficient sleep every night. It's estimated that sleep-related problems affect 50 to 70 million Americans of all ages. That's pretty amazing. Now, some of these issues, they're medical. I understand that. They need some attention. Nothing wrong with that. Please do it if you need to. But a lot of these issues are worry, they're anxiety, they're stress. They're the burdens and the heaviness that we carry in our lives, right? And it keeps us up at night. A couple weeks ago, uh, I was laying in the bed and I was awake. And it was like a million things were running through my head. And it seemed like they were running about a million miles an hour or two. And uh, the funny thing is that most of the, st- the thoughts that run through our head at night, they're kind of hypothetical. They, they're scenarios that we think through. And uh, we let our minds run away with the what I call the what ifs, all right? You know, it's the question we ask, well, what if? And what ifs are not always negative. They can be positive. You know, what if I do this and this can happen? That can be positive. But I think that the what ifs that we deal with a lot at night tend to be negative. What if this happens? What if they say this, or, or what if they do this, or what if I react in this way? And we start running these scenarios through our head that have never happened, and we're just running through these things. Well, as I tried to slow these thoughts down on that night and focus, there were a handful of issues that kind of kept rising to the surface for me, and to be honest with you, some of them were a little overwhelming. So I began to process through these issues and I started doing what I normally do when that stuff hits and that was to think it through. I started thinking about it. And when I think through issues or problems, I kind of go through a series of questions like, all right, what is the issue or problem? Kind of establish that first. And, and then who does it involve? And then we go on, what are the solutions? What can I do to help resolve it? And and then what I think is really an important question is, do I need to be involved? Because the truth is, if you're in the middle of any situation and you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the 
Yeah, and it's true, right? And we all know those people who love to be a part of the problem. They're no fun to be around, right? And uh, we don't really want to be one of those, hopefully. But these are great questions, and they need to be asked. And I'm sure there's many more that you could add to that list. But the most important question was missing in my process, and that was, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do with this? Because at the end of the day, that's the most important question to ask. And this is where we're going to find the right answer. It's in God leading us. The only way that I'm going to find this answer is to pray through it. Not think through it, but pray through it. And this is the title of our message today. Because you can't grow without God, you have to talk to him. So we're going to continue our series today. It's called Locally Grown. We've been going through that. And because when you think about our, our values that we've been referring to, love happens here. You can write these down if you would so you have them. Love happens here. Help happens here. Hope happens here. Familia happens here. Faith happens here. When you look at all of our values, none of these things can happen without prayer. They can't because we need direction. We need guidance. And prayer is a huge part of all of our values and it's a huge part of us growing into who God has created us to be. I want to ask you if you'll write this down too in your notes. Prayer should be the starting point for every need, opportunity, concern, issue, or problem that exists in our lives. We should be starting with prayer instead of our own thinking. And why would we not include the God that created us, the one who loves us and wants best for us, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus was talking to the disciples and he was always giving them direction and instructions, those kind of things. And so in verse one of chapter 18, he says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story. Now, we're not gonna go through the story today. You can read that later. I encourage you to do so. But it says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So Jesus was teaching his disciples that they should always pray and never give up. Of course, we need to think through things, but we need to pray through things before we think through them. It's the reality. When we think before we pray, we're kind of relying on our power instead of God's, right? I mean, that's what happens. And, and so we ask the question, well, what's your default system? Because for most of us, it's just us. The first thing that we drop back on or we fall back on is, is us. So fill in the blank, and only you can in this. We default to our own blank instead of God. What, what's the answer there for you? For me, the word is experience, because that's what I tend to do. And it's not bad, but it's not the best. That's what it comes down to. It's just not the best. I mean, I have great experience in some things, and it helps me, but that's not the best answer God is. So when our default system is us, we're in essence kind of playing God, right? Well, let's look at our verse that's kind of our anchor passage for today. And we're going to look at a lot of scripture. But Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says this, don't worry about anything. Ah, oh, I wish I could just really live that out. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. But it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done then you will experience God's peace. That's what we need. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. That's what I need in the middle of the night. 
my heart and my mind guarded as you live in Christ Jesus. It's a great passage. I call it handing it over to God. I've carried it long enough. It's time for me to hand it over to him. And and so our message is gonna be in two parts today. Here's the first part. Here's what happens when we pray through it, okay? So I wanna encourage you to take some notes. Here's the first thing that happens. The first thing is surrender. First thing is surrender. Um, when, When I was growing up and I grew up in church, my dad was a pastor. So if anybody unlocked the church door, we had to be there. That's just the way it was. And you had to be on time, never be late, all right? So I was at church. The first, the first Sunday I was alive, I was in the nursery at church, all right? So those of you that wait three years before you bring your kids to church, they'll be okay, all right? I, I understand a few months, but you know, all right? But I was just always there. We were there. But at the end of every service, we would have what we called an invitation, a lot of you are sitting there going, oh, I, you know, I remember. And basically what it was in the service, whoever the pastor was or whoever was preaching or teaching, they would say, now we're going to invite you forward if you want to accept Christ, which is good, okay? If you want to rededicate your life, uh, that's what we used to say back then. But that just means you're kind of cleaning up some of your junk giving your life back to Jesus, okay? Letting him be first again, all right? Or if you needed to pray for something, it was an invitation, And they would always sing the same song. And it was called, I Surrender All. You know, all to Jesus, I surrender. And and that's what it started with. But the first two lines in in that song are so incredible. And it says this, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. And that's what surrendering to him is. It's giving it all to him. It's taking it off of me and handing it to him. And that's what happens when we pray through it. We surrender it to him. It's amazing what God can take for us. And he's just there. He's ready to receive it. We hand it over to him. I take my thoughts of worry, anxiety, stress, all these different things off of my shoulders, and I place him on shoulders that can carry it. So I can't. I want you to write this down. There's a freedom that takes place when we hand our stuff to God. And it's stuff, right? I mean, it's just stuff that we accumulate in our head or whatever it is. It weighs us down. But there's a freedom when we give it to him because he carries it. And we don't have to. Why would we surrender our stuff to God? Here's the answer. Psalms 46 verse 1 says, God is a safe place to hide. Great line. Ready to help when we need him. Verse 2, we stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom. Courageous in sea storm and earthquake, before the rush and roar of the oceans, the tremors that shift mountains. What do we do? We stand fearless. Why? Because God's there to take care of us. That's why we surrender it to him. It's the first thing. The second thing that happens when we pray through it is trust. Trust happens, okay? Now, now trust is a fragile area for a lot of us in our lives and, and very good reasons why. Because the reason why most of us have kind of given up our trust is because our trust has been violated, right? It's been violated. And, and when that happens, man, it's hard to trust again, isn't it? I mean, because when trust is violated, it hurts. Someone has taken our vulnerability and our openness and they've exploited it. They, they've stolen intimacy from us. And man, it hurts when that happens. 
And some of it, it may just be a friend and a casual conversation. For others, it's been in, it's been in marriages, it's been in family relationships, best friends through life. And man, when that trust is violated, it hurts. It just hurts. And the problem though is the opposite of trust is isolation. And that's what we do. When our trust has been violated, we tend to isolate ourselves. We build walls around us. And the reason why is we're trying to protect ourselves. But if we're not careful, we isolate ourselves from others and even God. Well, here's another verse that Jesus gave to the disciples. In John chapter 14, this was before Jesus was going back to heaven. And he said this, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And here's the great part about trusting in God and trusting in Jesus. They're never gonna violate our trust. It's never gonna happen. It doesn't happen. God gives us a way to trust again. This is called healing. And that's why we need to trust in him. Even when others have violated our trust, we trust in God. Isaiah 40, 31, this is one of my dad's favorite verses. says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Get your strength back. You can get your trust back. It's a healing that only God can do. It goes on, it says, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Prayer allows us to have an honest conversation with God and open our hearts to trust the one who wants to protect us the most. If you've been let down, trust God because he'll never let you down. God gives us assurance, not insurance. Please catch that. We can count on him. We can trust him. Here's the next thing that happens when we pray through it. Next thing that happens is thanks. We just, we have to thank God. We thank God for what he has done. And, and this should be a long list. I mean, you, it, it, to me, it's easy to create a list of thankfulness to God, all right? How many of you that are here right now, you woke up this morning? Wow, really? Okay, some of you didn't raise your hand. Ooh, it's like weekend at Bernie's or so, I don't know. All right, um, <laughs> how many of you, when you woke up, you were breathing? Okay, good, good for you, all right? The sun's shining today. We're probably gonna get a little rain later. Some of us don't like rain, but we need it, okay? It replenishes the earth, all this kind of, There's plenty of us to be thankful for. I've listed some simple things. There's big ones too. I'm thankful that, Jesus loved me enough, he died for me. I'm thankful that I don't have to fear death. I mean, our list can go on and on and on. And there's so much that we can be thankful for. Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, or wait, I jumped, I'm sorry. All right, First Chronicles 16, 8, all right? It says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Tell people what God's done. And it, you know what it does? It takes away the other junk when you focus on being thankful. All right, so we thankful, we're thankful for what he's done, but we need to be thankful for what he's gonna do also. This list may not be as long, but it will be because it's gonna grow. Ephesians 5.20 says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The other day, Tuesday, I was heading to church and um, our leadership team, that's what we call our staff, Okay. We, we had had a 
two-day retreat kind of thing. We didn't go anywhere. We stayed here, so we, we called it a detreat, okay? And um, on day one, on Monday, we were in the auditorium. We were watching the, the Global Leadership Summit, and we were watching speakers. We were discussing what we were learning and growing. And on Tuesday, we were going to have a fun day. And so we were pulling out of the parking lot at 9. Now, I told you earlier, I was taught to be on time, so I try to be early everywhere I go. And um, I left my house early, At about 8.15, I stopped to get gas. As I pull into the gas station, I pull the pump and I I get a flat tire, all right? And I need new tires anyway, and I kind of been waiting. And really, I was trying to get past a certain mileage mark. I don't know, it's just a thing we do sometimes, not real smart. But anyway, my tire went flat. And I'm in a jam, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so I go ahead and fill my truck up, and I remembered there's a tire store in this plaza. That's on the other side, so I slowly drove over there on my rim. People were like, going, whoa, you got a flat. And I go, I know, get out of the way, all right? You know, and uh, so I drive over to the tire place, and I pull up to the bay, and the guy goes, back up. And I back up, and I run inside, tell the guy what happened. He goes, you know what? I got the exact same tires you have on your truck. I got a set here right now. And I said, put them on, all right? And uh, he charged me 18000 No, I'm kidding. All right, I checked the price first. And it was pretty close to what I'd been looking at. I'd been looking at some tire. But here's the thing. God took care of it. I mean, because I got to tell you, when I got on my truck, saw a flat tire, the first thing I said was, I'm not changing that tire. I'm not going to do it. I'm old now. I don't have to do that anymore. All right? And you just drive it, you know? So, no, that's not good advice. But here's the thing. It didn't happen on the highway. It didn't happen on the side of the road. And God took care of me. And then in that moment, you know, he just blessed. They had what I needed. I called Pastor Buddy. He was already here. He zooms over, picks me up. I get here at five to nine on time. All right, that's why you go early. All right, it's a little side lesson there, okay? Especially for the young people. Okay, all right, let's move along. All right, so thanks. Here's the next thing, hope. We find hope. When we pray through it, we find hope. Hope is confidence that what we long for is gonna happen. Prayer allows us to tap into the true source of joy, peace, and hope, and that's our God. God gives us hope because of what he's done for us, what he will do. Romans 15, 13, this is a verse I tried to read a minute ago. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a hope that only God can give. There's a hope that God gives to us as believers. We don't have to fear what's ahead. I'm not afraid of death today because I know when I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm afraid of pain. I'll be honest, I don't want a lot of pain, but I'm not afraid to die. And it's just simply because of the hope that only God can give us. It's the promise of eternal security that comes through a relationship with Jesus. I have that. But that's a hope that God gives. We find that hope when we pray through it. Surrender, trust, thanks, hope, and then peace. The peace of God is a comfort that we can't find anywhere else. John 14, 27, Jesus said this to the disciples again. He said, I am leaving you with a gift. It's a gift. He said, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's a peace that only God can give to us. But it's a true peace. It's real. God's peace takes away fear. Catch that. 
God's peace takes away fear. Takes away fear in the middle of the night. Takes away fear no matter what we're walking through. Psalm 29, verse 11, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. It's peace. We live in a world that wants peace. When we have God's peace in our life, people will see it. And you know what? They want it. They want the peace that we have. They're like, how can you have peace at a time like this? Well, if you want to give away peace, then give away Jesus. If you want to, if you want to give away peace, then give away Jesus. This is where true peace is found. It's in Jesus. We've been through a chaotic time in our world, right? in our country, in our world, in our personal lives. And let's just be honest, people are crazy, right? And, and I'm, a, I'm an expert on crazy because I'm a little crazy, okay? Some of us are here today are crazy, right? But the world's crazy right now, and it's just the truth. But God's peace carries us through the craziness. It takes us through that and so much more. And here's the great thing. Other people will see it. And even some people right now, because they're crazy, they'll get mad because you have peace. But they also want it. They want it. And so that's why we pray through it. Because God gives us those things. Surrender, trust, thanks, hope, and peace. All right? So here's the second part. Because I think this is important. The second is how do we pray? Because I think a lot of times we talk about prayer. But the truth is, there's a lot of us that we struggle with praying. And, and there's many different reasons why we struggle with praying. So let's just ask the question. We're gonna, give, we're gonna answer this. We'll give some help today. How do we pray? How do we pray? Well, we use the model that Jesus gave us because Jesus gave us a model of prayer. And it's very simple, but yet it carries so much depth. In Matthew chapter six, verse nine, this is from the New Century Version. It says, so when you pray, you should pray like this. Jesus said that. He said, you should pray like this. This is how you pray. Now, there's different ways because we're made up differently, right? I mean, when you think about it, some people, they pray really loud. Anybody know a loud prayer person? Prayer? I do, okay? And they're just loud in it, you know? And I know some people, I'm like, whoa. Other people, they're very sincere, and I'm like, whoa. All right, a couple of woes, all right? And then some people are soft in their prayers. They're very delicate. I can't even hear them, so I'm just hoping they're praying good. All right, but I tend to pray that way, all right? Some people are very eloquent. They use their words well. It's like all of a sudden these like big words come out of them that you never hear and you're like, whoa, another whoa, all right? So <laughs> some are simple. They just keep their prayer simple. Some people preach in their prayers and I even wonder if they're really praying. I think they're just trying to preach a sermon to you, but doesn't matter, all right? So we pray in different ways, but Jesus gave us a guide. And he gave it to us to help us. Structure helps me in my prayer. It helps me to stay focused and I need that. Okay, but that's me. And, and what I encourage you to do is when you pray, just talk to God. Just be open and honest. He loves you. He created you. So just talk to him. Just share your heart. Be real. Be honest. Be respectful. He is God. Something that's needed. But some of us, we don't pray because we don't know how. And it, it's just something that maybe it's a little scary for us. And others, we don't pray because we've had bad examples. I mean, you've had people pray around you and you're like, I could never pray like that. And others, we don't pray because we feel far away from God. 
Well, that's usually because there's something in between us and that's called sin, okay? We'll talk about that. And some of us, we don't pray because everything's going great, right? When everything's going good, we, we don't pray as much and we get comfortable. But the truth is we need to pray no matter what we're going through. And Jesus gave us this great example of how to pray. It's simple, it's easy to follow, and it allows us to connect with our Heavenly Father. So write this down if you will. We're gonna start here. When we use the model Jesus gave us, it will help us to chat with God. Okay, write that down, C-H-A-T, write it in uppercase, all capital letters. We're going to use it as an acrostic. And the model that Jesus gave us is just this. Let me read it to you. It's in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Say this last one with me. Amen. Amen. How many said amen? How many said amen? I think the only time I say amen is at the end of that prayer, but I, I think that was an example from someone. So, all right. So amen, amen. Let's go. All right. So I read to you from the King James Version because that's the one most of us memorize the Lord's Prayer in, you know, as we are growing up or whatever it was. But I want to give you this acrostic because it will help you as you pray. It gives some structure. It's simple. Here's the C, all right? The C in chat is this, confess. Confess. The reason that I start with confess, and I think that's important, is because when there's something between you and someone else, it hinders communication, Right? You know, I've got, there's my friend Noel over here. If Noel and I have, you know, something going on between us, it's hard for us to talk and be open. So at some point, you know, Noel has to admit he was wrong. All right, no, no, it's probably me, all right? But we have to have that conversation. But here's what happens. When we do that and we get the junk out of the way, it's easy for us to talk. And the same thing's true. The reason some of us don't pray is because we feel far away from God. And it's because there's sin in your life. I know because I have that. And so if we start with confessing and we say, God, I just want to come to you and tell you, man, I've blown it. And here's the areas I've blown it in. Matter of fact, I've blown it in so many things I can't even remember them all. So I hand all those to you. I just give it to you. And Lord, the things I can't remember, if I need to deal with it, refresh my memory, help me. But I confess my sin. I give it to you. I own it. I take responsibility for it. And it gives us the opportunity to be clean. Look at 1 John 1, 9, one of my favorite verses because I use it every day. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful, he's always there, he's just, he's always fair to forgive us. God's forgiveness is rich, it's real, it's, re there's, when we forgive, we don't forget, God does. It says he sends the sin as far as it is from the east to the west to cleanse us. He makes us clean. So we can have a prayer time with him when our lives are clean. That's why we confess, okay? Forgiveness is more for us than Jesus. He forgave us when he died on the cross, but it's so we can clean up our lives, okay? So we confess, that's the C. All right, the H is honor, okay? We take time to honor God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, we give praise or we give honor for who he is, for what he has done. Moses shared this song when he was turning his leadership over to Joshua in the Old Testament. Here's what he said. 
I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. That's honoring God. That's praising him. And if you come to that place and you're like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say, then just read a verse out of the Bible like this and say, God, I want to honor you by saying the same thing Moses did. Go into the book of Psalms, which is just full of things where David praises God and you can use those. But we take time to honor him. The reason we honor God is it reminds us of who he is. It reminds us of how all powerful he is. He's an incredible God. And so we confess, we come clean, we honor God and we put him as, as the first thing. And then here's the A, all right? So we got confession, we have honoring, and then the A is we ask. Some of you have been waiting for this. You're like, well, yay, finally we get to ask. Okay, all right, let's look at it. All right, the A is ask, all right? In, in the Lord's Prayer, you, it says, give us, lead us, deliver us. Those are things that we're asking for. You ask God to provide for your needs and not just yours, but the needs of others too. Philippians 4.19, it says, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. God wants to provide for us. Here's what we have to do. We have to understand the difference between needs and wants, okay? There's a lot of things I want, okay? And there's a lot of things I need, but there's a difference in those two. And some will match up, but God wants to provide our needs. And so if we focus on him and honor him, it helps us understand our needs as well. Understand the difference and ask, because God wants to provide for us. That's who he is. He's our father. And then here's the T, all right? Confess, honor, ask, and then thanks. Here's the thanks thing again. When you're struggling with where you are in life, make a list of the things that you're thankful for. Thank God for how he's blessed you. We did that a while ago. This will change your perspective. Whenever you start thinking about all the things you're thankful for, it takes the other side away. You forget the other stuff. And you're able to focus on what God's done for you, what he wants to do for you. Psalms 105 verse one says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. We serve a big God. We serve a good God. The opposite of thankfulness is dissatisfaction and complaining. So if you find yourself complaining, you probably need to sit down and do a list of thankful things. You know, write up that list of things you're thankful for. It'll help to push away the complaints. Being thankful will take it away. Philippians 4, 6, it's our anchor verse today. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. We need to find time to chat with God every day. I would even say this. We need to find a way to chat with God all through the day. There's a verse, we'll read it in a minute. It says, pray without ceasing or pray without stopping. That, that, it's a reminder to us to stay in an attitude of prayer. When we get a flat tire, say, okay, God, what do I do? Oh yeah, there's that store, you know? We pray. We pray through it. It'll help us in all these things. Prayer and obedience are my responsibility. The results are God's. Don't forget that. He's in charge of the results and he knows what the results need to be. 
And when we trust God with our worry, our anxiety, our stress, our needs, this takes the pressure off me and it places it where all those things and more can be taken care of and it's in the hands of God. Pray through it before you think through it. You know, when I was younger, years ago, I used to lay in bed at night and I, I would wake up and I would just start thinking, ah, oh, man, I don't know what's gonna happen to me if I die. And I don't even know why that was just in my head. I don't know if something I'd seen or for whatever reason, I was just afraid. And I would sit there and I'd think, am, am I gonna go to heaven or am I, going to, am I going to hell? I don't know. And I mean, it was something that was just really heavy on me. And I remember I was at a camp, a church camp one summer. And I told a friend of mine, he was one of the counselors. And I said, man, every night I, I just go through this. And he looked at me and he goes, well, why don't we just take care of it? And I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, let's just pray right now. And let's just ask God to take care of it. Why don't you just give your life to him right now and quit worrying about it? And I was like, duh, <laughs> you know, okay, let's do that. And he just led me in a simple prayer. And that's the night that I truly gave my life to Christ. And it changed the direction of my life. And I don't worry about death anymore because I know I have a place. I have a place in heaven with my father. You know what? I think there's some of us here today and you have that same thought at night. And you're worried about it. And you're wondering what's gonna take place if that happens to me. Well, here's, here's what I'd say. Why don't we just take care of it? <laughs> Why don't we do that right now? So I'm gonna ask you, just bow your head and close your eyes. And, and I wanna lead you through a prayer. If that's you today, and you say, you know what, Garland, I'm just not sure. Well, let's, let's be sure, okay? And let's take care of it now. And just pray this prayer. Just say, God, I need you. And I'm asking you right now to come into my life. I'm asking you to come into my heart to be my savior. I'm a sinner, I need you, and I'm asking you now to be my savior. I give my life to you. I trust you. Take away the fear. Take away those nights when I wonder what's gonna happen and let me know that when this life is over, I'll be with you. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.